Okay, good evening, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Complete Sports Media's podcast. I'm your host, Darren Campbell. And for a big recap of the weekend in sports, we've got our usual Monday guest, Jason Cameron. How's it going, buddy? Ah, very good. Very good. I had a action-packed weekend. It was one of my best friends. It was his wedding this weekend. It was done up in Whistler at a very nice locale called uh, the Brew Creek Center. It was beautiful backdrop, beautiful place. Uh, The wedding was fantastic. The food was immaculate. And uh, the speeches were spectacular. It was, a, nice. it was just a great weekend overall. Wow. Sounds perfect. That's good. I'm glad I crashed it. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I snuck in. I, I didn't think you saw me. I, I tried to keep low key so I could get some food and, uh, you know, just uh, check out your speech and stuff like that. Uh, why don't you uh, encapsulate your speech a little bit? Do you Can you uh, tell our viewers and listeners a few of the highlights of your speech? Well, basically, I okay, I, I, I constructed my speech as a story from our beginning to our middle to an end. And nice. it's, 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 I, I kind of made it into a tale, a very, very funny, very funny tale. Sweet. Um, so I always know from whenever I do these speeches, like I think this is now my fifth or sixth one I've had to do at a wedding. Wow. If, if, if both parents from the bride and groom side say, fantastic work, you did really well. <laughs> and I know I did well. Nice. What happened for this particular speech. So, and then I even had uh, some folks cause I wasn't actually able to meet everybody, but some people came up, came up to me and uh, wanted to tell me how good the speech was. So, oh, great. Yeah. And you said all speeches were amazing too, eh? Yes. All the speeches yeah. were absolutely like magnificent. I, I've never been to a wedding where every speech was actually exceptional. Cool. I've never, I've never been to something like that before. So it was, it was great. And also too, I don't know if it was due to COVID or, or, or whatnot, but people were very much ready to let their hair down. So to speak, we danced the night away that, uh, that wedding day, danced the night away. Oh man. Awesome. Good to hear. Uh, Good DJ then, I guess. Yeah. The DJ did his work. He did well. Um, He actually played all the music that the bride and groom wanted to play. Right. That hasn't happened for some of the weddings that I've been a part of. Yeah, it didn't go well with the DJ and didn't go definitely didn't go over with the bride and the groom. But this this one was he played everything they wanted to play and then he played off of that and his mix was good and his selection was good. He kept right. the he kept the party going. Uh, being the best man there, uh, was there anything that didn't go according to plan? No, no. Actually, well, yes. Take that back. Yes. Um, so. I was the one to, to give across the rings. Uh, so I had both the bride and groom's ring. I was told by the uh, Matt, uh, uh, justice of the peace, the one that okay. swears them in. Okay, so this is how we're going to do it. You're going to give her ring to your friend, the groom. So I said, okay. So I'm like, okay, so the big ring is his. The little ring is hers. Kind of got that part. Uh, <laughs> so as I'm about to give the ring to her, she goes, no, what are you doing? Give me the ring for him. And I go, look, and I go, Yep, not going to say no to the bride. <laughs> there you go. And I just gave it to her. And then, uh, and then just a piece is like, that's actually not the way that we wanted that to go. <laughs> I'm back. <laughs> that's amazing. Hilarious. Yeah, so I, I, I made it into a good joke. So that, that uh, brought a little bit of levity to 
uh, because it got kind of serious there for a bit, and there was a lot of emotion, obviously, because yeah. the wedding. So that was my bit of levity for that particular situation. Nice. Uh, did you have any tears in your eyes? I um, I I I was. I felt the impact from my friend, and I felt the impact from his because I it was a co-best man thing. So his other best friend was behind me, and I felt him kind of almost tearing up and then he's definitely tearing up and i'm like oh why is this happening <laughs> and uh, so i i kind of looked to the sky for a bit and i was like okay i think i think i'm gonna be fine hopefully <laughs> <laughs> that's good um yeah well i was happy you gave me all the details of the wedding uh, i usually try to crash a, a few a year i've i've been in the double digits of crashing weddings and uh, i've always had so much fun uh, I'll have to uh, tell our viewers and listeners about some of the amazing <laughs> weddings that I've crashed. But um, man, it's always just so fun because it's such a huge day in people's lives, and you know, so nice when families get together and and really have a big celebration. And uh, usually, I can just be like, "Yeah, I'm uh, Aunt Vivian's uh, cousin from you know their side," and usually can get a lot of food. You know, you're. You're on the same page as me getting free food and booze is like, you know, a huge must. So, uh, you know, I, I love, love, love crashing weddings. Yeah. But for me, there's a little bit of a difference. It depends on the wedding, so to speak, because sure. I somewhat stand out in the crowd. So, <laughs> you know, um, I, I have to I have to be very selective on the weddings I decide to crash. Right. I, I can <laughs> believe it. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. I um. I crashed a wedding once that um, blew my mind. I didn't know anybody. Uh, it was my girlfriend at the time's uh, family friends. And uh, we were there and a limousine pulls up and out comes a bunch of guys and they all had tattoos and piercings and really wild hair. And I thought, oh man, I wonder what band they are. And uh, they came up to the front and then another limousine pulls up and uh out comes a bunch of um a bunch of girls the bridesmaid and the bride and uh uh let's just say they they were farm girls they were definitely farm girls uh i could tell from saskatchewan and and uh i don't know there was one of the girls um i don't think i've seen a larger woman in my life she was uh about six foot four maybe uh shoulders like much wider than mine, probably wouldn't be able to fit in this screen that I'm on right now. It was a, uh, whoa, okay, amazing. And uh, I find out later that the all three bridesmaids were uh, the bride's uh, aunt's daughters. And she she said, uh, now that my uh, niece is uh, married, now I just got to find someone to marry the daughters and pointed to the, <laughs> to the table and uh yeah they were all from saskatchewan and they must have been eating some really good good farm food out there because uh they were uh they were large and the uh one of the guys said man i didn't know that the bridesmaids were going to be the saskatchewan rough riders offensive <laughs> line <laughs> and it turned out that the uh it turned out that the guys weren't actually in a band they um they performed at bars around the lower mainland here and uh tried to win money playing rock band that was their job oh okay all right so Interesting. <laughs> it was 
it was quite the wedding to crash though uh, it was quite the wedding to crash i had a lot of fun and a lot of shocks too well yeah especially since you would never consider that bridesmaids are going to look like amazonians <laughs> and you're going to be a part of that where you're like possibly some of the three biggest sisters i've ever seen in my life yes <laughs> yeah that was that was amazing that was super amazing uh down in seattle crashed a wedding super quick crashed a wedding down in seattle um happened upon it because we heard this super loud music and saw sort of the beginning stages of it went in and uh they were doing some really heavy industrial goth music and they were um juggling fire they were throwing fire at each other just this incredible cool display and uh, all of a sudden you saw at the front uh, there was uh, a white wedding dress, something standing in a white wedding dress up at the front, right where the justice of the peace was. And then uh, here comes the bride, the song comes on, and all of a sudden the curtains open and another uh, woman in a white wedding dress comes walking up. And uh, so me and my friends look at each other and go, whoa, we're at a lesbian wedding. This is pretty, pretty wild. Holy cow. <laughs> we're looking around and Everybody's dressed in really wild costumes and stuff, and we're thinking, "Oh, okay, what a wedding to crash!" And um, and then the uh, justice of the peace says it's says his uh, speech and does all the things, and then now you may kiss the bride. And the veils came off, and the person that was standing at the front originally in the white wedding dress was a guy with a huge bushy beard, and he kissed uh, his bride, and <laughs> and they went, "Woo, let's party!" and uh, it was a nutty, very artistic wedding there. Uh, I had never seen anything like it. And so, so you did all this and nobody even bothered to ask you who you were. Because no. I guess I nobody cared. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we were we were not blending, but uh, somehow no. nobody cared. Oh, that's I good. Yeah, that's fun. <laughs> so anyway yeah so love wedding crashing uh next time you're part of a wedding party just make sure you let me know and i'll just slip in and out real quick nobody will even notice uh nobody nobody noticed this time so it was fun oh that's good that's good I, I'm, I'm glad to hear the other part of the uh weekend uh i had was uh i went to see the new marvel movie shang chi and the legend of the ten rings have you seen it yet yeah i saw that um last weekend and uh, I, I absolutely, I loved it. I really liked it. I really enjoyed the movie. Me too. Wow. It was one of my favorite movies of all time, actually. Uh, just thought they did such a phenomenal job. And great to see a Canadian, uh, an Asian actor being uh, one of the Marvel superheroes. And um, I thought, uh, yeah, they couldn't have done a better job. Uh, I was fully, fully engrossed the whole entire time. Yeah, I, I like the fact that they... They're now expanding the Marvel Universe to include like the Asian culture and Asian mythology. Mm -hmm. And also, too, from what I can tell or ascertain, they can expand that part of the universe to include more Asian superheroes of that ilk to nice. bring into the Marvel Universe. Like, I don't know, man, those guys are obviously super like intelligent about how they're crafting the universe. And it's I'm just blown away. I really am. Yeah, and yeah. uh I can't wait to see the next one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I, I was so happy I went. Um, I, you know, I definitely really wanted to go and and support uh, Simu. Uh, I, I love that show, Kim's Convenience, and it's really great to see the Marvel Universe expanding into that Asian market. And 
and the fight scenes were just phenomenal. There was just so much, so much that they can do with that storyline. And it just, uh, it, it just really was great. I, I hate going into a movie and walking out and thinking, oh, why? They spent so much money and it really didn't turn out well, but not this one. Uh, I really was happy that uh, we went. And I think, um, yeah, it just has the potential for so much, so much in the future from it too. Yeah, it, it has that potential. And, and now from seeing how good Shang-Chi was, I'm actually super excited to see the rest of the Marvel movies for the rest of the year. They're supposed to come out, which is, I believe, Eternals in November. And then the third uh, Spider-Man in December. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's going to be really great. I'm, I knew you were a fan. I figured you'd already seen it. Uh, I'm glad you did. Uh, yeah, it was great. I, I, I think I'm going to go again uh, coming up soon, too. Uh, I liked it that much. So, uh, Also, uh, Saturday, we um, celebrated the 20th anniversary of September 11th. Uh, lots and lots and lots of talk about that day 20 years ago. Uh, tell me where you were and how you heard about it and what your thoughts were 20 years ago. Oh, man, that uh, takes me back. I was working at UBC for plant operations. And uh, one of my co-workers came running into the office and said, have you seen the news? And I'm like, seen what? You just, ah, I don't, just come with me. So we jump in a work truck and we go straight to the pit pub. And I'm like, what, what is going on here? Don't we have work to do? He's like, doesn't matter. Like, and he's like, serious about that. He goes, it doesn't matter. Just watch, watch the news right now. So I'm watching and I'm like, then I see a plane flying to a building and I'm like, uh, is that real? Because my brain would not actually accept it to be real. Yeah. Because how could it be? Like, seemed, honestly, it was like, I like I a movie. At that, yeah. Seemed like you saw something you would see in a movie, right? Exactly. Like, I, yeah. I didn't think it was real. And then obviously a little bit more time later, the other plane flew into the other building. And so you're, I'm just like, uh, and, and now you're worried because it's like, is this the start of something major? It's like, are we going into World War III? Like what, yeah. what the heck is happening? What's going on here? Yeah. And um, yeah, that's, that's where I was. And it was, it was a tense time oh, for man. sure. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I remember um, it vividly. I remember so much around that day. I remember uh, walking around for the next few days, and it just looked like everybody was scared. Everybody was, holy cow, we have just maybe entered World War Three here. Like, this yeah. is just, you know, something that uh, we just never saw happening, and we didn't. I don't think many people would have ever considered that that would be a way of, for terrorists to attack. And, and it was just so shocking and surreal. And all of a sudden, every plane was grounded. And uh, so, uh, you know, it just seemed like, holy cow. And we've seen the U.S. on many occasions, uh, big responses to anything, you know, that they deem as a threat. So we just, you know, I think a lot of us thought, oh, oh wow, this is going to be really bad for the world and uh, man it was it was a scary tense time uh i didn't take it seriously at first um the night before i had stayed up late and i was watching late night sports and uh they michael jordan had announced that he was coming out of retirement and he was going to play with the wizards and i was like 
I was over the moon, like, oh my God, Jordan's back. This is so great. This is so great. And I went to bed. My girlfriend had gone to bed much earlier than me and she got up early and went to the gym. When she got back from the gym, uh, as she was at the gym, she had uh, heard about the, and seen the footage from the attacks and she started waking me up. Hey, hey you got to get up. Uh, a plane's flown into World Trade Center. And I'm like, oh, okay. Who cares about that? And she's like, oh, it's something pretty serious. Uh, you should check it out. And I said, hey, the only thing I care about is Michael Jordan's coming out of retirement. <laughs> you, you can't believe how excited I am. This is the greatest thing. And she goes, no, 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 come with me. Come on, I'm going to put the news on and show you. And from that moment forward, I realized that Michael Jordan's retirement uh uh, coming out of retirement was uh, way down the priority scale and uh, didn't really matter anymore to anybody but myself and a few others. Uh, but yeah, it was kind of crazy how really I didn't take it serious for a few minutes there for sure. Well, of course, like, like, how could you at first? Like, as like, for me, it was just, it just, it just seemed so surreal that it couldn't be real. Yeah. Like it just, it just seemed like something that shouldn't have, this shouldn't be happening and this shouldn't be real. But then because of that attack, that's when literally everything kind of changed. After that. Yeah. Yeah. Sure did. Yeah, sure did. Uh, it's, it, it's shocking that 20 years have passed. Um, yeah. Mm. When you think of years and you just think of 20 years, it's just, it, it's a stunner that it has been 20 years since that day. Yeah, it is. It is stunning that it's been that long. It's, it's, it's stunning that we're that much older now. <laughs> True, yeah. Uh, okay, uh, there was um, finally the opening week of uh, the NFL on Thursday night. Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, uh, put up the defense of their Super Bowl title and were able to beat the Dallas Cowboys. And this Sunday was opening Sunday for the NFL. Uh, a lot of great storylines, a lot of amazing things came out of, um, out of week one. Uh, I think there has been a lot of overreactions immediately, but uh, one game in. Uh, what, what are some of your main thoughts that came out of the NFL Sunday? Well, first off, the Cowboys actually should have won that game against the Bucks if their field goal kicker could, you know, hit his field goals. <laughs> they would have won. Actually, they, they, it would have. It would have not won easily, but it wouldn't have been as nail-biting close as it was, and then the Bucks win anyway. So, yeah, that that sucks. And I'm actually kind of curious about the fact that, uh, unfortunately, Brian Fitzpatrick got injured for the Washington Redskins. That's too bad. But I, I want to see this Tyler Hineke kid play. I liked what he did at the end of last year with the Washington Redskins, sure. and, I'm, and now I want to see what he can do with the team since I think this battery is going to be out for quite a bit of time before he's able to come back to the team. So. Yeah. Yeah. There's, they're saying about eight weeks, uh, something like yeah. that now. So yeah. Significant uh, hip sublation, they called it. That uh, sounds pretty bad. Um, I, I think Bo Jackson had that injury, uh, you know, way back in the day. Uh, the Monday nighters going on currently. Uh, should I spoil it for you a little bit? Or is Go that ahead. Okay? Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, Baltimore, uh, 17, 10, uh, uh, six twenty left in the third. Uh, the Ravens were warning 14, 10 at halftime. When I got the stats update 
Lamar Jackson, 11 for 15 with for 128 yards, one touchdown and three runs for 20 yards. Uh, he threw the touchdown pass to Hollywood Brown, four catches for 52 yards. And Tyson Williams, uh, seven for 64 for a touchdown. Uh, Baltimore was decimated with three of their five running backs going down in the preseason uh, with injuries, and they um, they lost a, a ton of really, really good talent there. Uh, they've signed a lot of guys to replace them, but they, um, they're, they're leaning on this Tyson Williams uh, to try to fill in today, and he's uh, having a, a pretty good start to the game. Uh, Derek Carr was 12 of 25 for 127 yards. Jacobs had the lone touchdown for the Raiders, and he was just 5 of 18 for a touchdown. Uh, backup quarterback Marcus Morietta had one play, 31-yard uh, run, and uh, Wal Darren Waller, uh, four catches for 54 yards. Uh, this is the first game in Vegas. This brand new stadium that they opened up last year, first game that they've had a sellout and been able to finally get their uh, black hole going again and get the big fans there. Uh, beautiful stadium. And uh, I was looking forward to this game a lot to, to see uh, it on display on a Monday night football. I like how they brought in Bruce Buffer to do the introduction. Yeah. That that was actually pretty cool. That was super I, cool. I, I really did enjoy that. I enjoyed yeah. that. Let's get ready to rumble. That never hesitates to have a huge, huge, huge cheer from a crowd. But yeah, but but that's Michael Buffer. It's time. That's Bruce Buffer. <laughs> right? Right. Okay. Oh, okay. So it was yes. Bruce. It was Bruce, Bruce tonight. Oh, it was Michael uh yesterday in LA. Yes, exactly. That that's right. where you got it. That's it. That's it. That's it. Right. That's it. Yeah, he uh uh, Michael Buffer said it in LA yesterday. Uh, let's get ready to rumble. And, and, yeah. uh, so yeah, I didn't see the beginning. So Bruce Buffer came out and did that today. Did he? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, cool. he, he definitely got the crowd hyped. Oh, good. awesome. Oh, that's brilliant. That's really great. Uh, it, it's so incredible that those two are the two main announcers to start, uh, combat sports and, uh, they're brothers and they didn't even know each other until they were in their thirties, I think. Yeah, that, that's absolutely amazing. Yeah. And then and, and also very cool that they end up doing literally the same job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's yeah, it's such a crazy, cool story. Yeah, so yeah, so we'll see uh, Baltimore uh, is ahead, but uh, Raiders are only down by seven. I'll give some updates as the, as the uh, night wears on. Uh, Seahawks had a big win. Uh, they were able to uh, win 28-16 over the Colts. Uh, Russell Wilson looked uh, his magical self, as always, um, hooking up with Tyler Lockett for a couple of touchdowns. Uh, DK Metcalf was good. Um, Gerald Everett got a touchdown. Carson had a great game. Um, yeah, Seahawks, uh, really nice start to the season. Uh, beautiful start, man. You couldn't ask for anything better. Wilson, 18 for 23 for 254 yards and four TDs. And then that over-the-shoulder catch by Lockett. Oh, that man. was amazing. Yeah. That, was a, that might be one of the best catches of the year already because no, of man. the difficulty of doing a catch like that. They kept comparing it to Willie Mays, the famous catch Willie Mays made as he was running back and over his head because he looked first one way, right. and then yeah. he had to actually adjust his body and catch it like that the other way. Uh, yeah, he's, he's a special talent, and uh, it's, it's great that him and Russ have been able to be 
together for so many years and developed such chemistry. Yeah. And also, too, it's great that Russ didn't leave the yeah. city of Seattle so that he can still throw bombs like that, you know? So good on Russ for staying. Or at least pretty, am- pretty amazing that he only had five incompletions, four touchdowns. Uh, yeah, he's just got a great, uh, you know, a great core that he uh, can throw to and utilize. Um, their defense looked super solid. Uh, uh, Carson Wentz played pretty good, but uh, they were able to shut down Jonathan Taylor for the most part and a lot of the weapons that the Colts have. Yeah, yeah, no, they're 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 the Seahawks' uh, defense was stout. Uh, for this particular game, and uh, Wentz can really do too much about it. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, yeah, I was pretty surprised. Uh, Mahim Hines uh, looked pretty good, uh, but um, yeah, they uh, they were able to really shut him down. Uh, the only two guys left from that Super Bowl winning team in 2014 are are Russell Wilson and Bobby Wagner. Uh, they've been just retooling, retooling ever since. Uh, but that division. All four teams won on Sunday. Uh, that NFC West is uh, probably the best division in football, and it's going to be a dogfight all year between all those teams. And it is going to be an absolute dogfight. Like, yeah, because all the teams in the NFC West are strong, and they're going to continue to be strong. Unless one team gets decimated by injuries, we don't know. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I'd say the NFC West right now is the front runner for the strongest division. Let's talk a little bit about uh, Arizona. Uh, A lot of people predicted this was going to be the highest scoring game of the weekend against the Titans. Um, Man, they were super impressive. Kyler Murray, five touchdowns, four through the air, one on the ground, uh, 21 for 32, 289 yards and and a rushing touchdown, five for 20 on the ground there. DeAndre Hopkins, another two touchdowns. And also Christian Kirk had a couple of TDs. Um, they were good on the ground. They were good uh, through the air. Man, that offense is so fun to watch. What a what a great, great, great offense to to check out and cheer for. Oh yeah, and they're they're super explosive. And Kyler Murray's the engine that runs that. But the real the real story of this game was Chandler Jones. Yeah, Chandler Jones. Chandler coming out of nowhere, five sacks, two forced fumbles. He was a force to be reckoned with. He was. Super disruptive all game. Um, the Titans didn't know what to do with that guy. He's on pace for 85 sacks this year. <laughs> <laughs> all he's got to do is just average five more sacks every game. Yeah, seven, okay. 17 games. Uh, he's blown away this this particular sack record. Uh, 85 sacks. Yeah, what is the, I think the record's something like about 25, something like that, is it? Yeah, 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 it, it is. It is, yeah. but. No, he, Jones was he was simply one, he's a monster out there on the field. He was an absolute monster. The Couldn't incredible the incredible thing was um, he got into a contract dispute with the Cardinals in the offseason. He was uh, not happy with his current deal, wanted to renegotiate. Uh, they weren't uh, having any of that. They got into a lot of fights, and he actually asked for a trade. Uh, he has requested a trade out of there. I don't think he's rescinded it yet. And um, you know, he, uh, his stock rose a lot. Maybe it's time to pull that uh, trigger on a trade and uh, send him back. And he's never going to have a, as good a game of that. I don't think. Well, yeah. Or, or the organization organization says to themselves, well, let's play it out. Let's see what he does for the next couple of games. Like, like 
if, if he keeps having an impact of this magnitude, maybe they decide to say, ah, let's just pay him. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Holy cow. That was uh, amazing. Uh, last year, he only had one sack. He played five games and then he tore his bicep and he was out of there. Uh, 2019, he had 19 sacks. So he's, he's a force. Uh, last year, injury riddled and wasn't able to play much. But um, that was definitely the factor. You're right. Uh, a huge blowout. Uh, Ryan Tannehill didn't look good. Uh, quite surprising because he's got, you know, such weapons there. Henry didn't have a very good game at all. A.J. Brown was kept quite silent. Um, I was surprised. Uh, Arizona hasn't had a good defense uh, for many years, um, but they seem to be solid in that first game. Oh, yeah. They they just shut down the Titans' offense uh, utterly and absolutely. Uh, the Titans really couldn't do anything. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Uh, the Rams blew out the Bears uh, Sunday night. Matthew Stafford looked really great in his uh, Rams debut. Uh, this $5 billion stadium that they unveiled yesterday, uh, what would you think of that one? It looked really nice, <laughs> as it should, since it's, you know, $5 billion. But um, Stafford looks good in the new digs, man. Like, yeah. I think you forget how good he is since he was stuck in Detroit for like over a decade. So yeah. you just kind of forgot about him. But now that he's actually on a team with weapons galore, you're just like, Oh, so this is what this guy can do with like a great team around him. Oh, this could be a problem for the rest <laughs> of the NFL. So yeah. I'm, I'm super excited to see what he can do uh, going forward with the team. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, the Rams gave up a lot. Uh, they gave up Jared Goff, who had taken the team to a Super Bowl. Uh, they gave up three draft picks, two first rounders. Uh, and, you know, they, they really wanted him. Uh, that third play from scrimmage, just immediately a huge bomb uh, to Jefferson. Uh, you're just like, wow, what a start. Uh, really, uh, you know, made the fans on his side really immediately. And, and uh, so far, so good. Yeah, so far, so good, man. He started off the game with a bang, and then he just kept on the pressure. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, yeah, the Rams are Rams are looking good. Yeah, 20 for 26, 321 yards and three touchdowns. Um, yeah, he was just – he was on fire. Uh, they, uh, they were able – he was able to get a lot of really long passes, too. Cooper Cup had a 56-yard TD. Uh, Tyler Higby had a nice 37-yard catch. Cup was seven for 108 from a, for a touchdown. Jefferson was two for 80 for a touchdown. Higby, Henderson looked good. He had a touchdown on the ground, 16 for 70. Um, Andy Dalton, yeah, I don't know why they've decided the Bears wanted to uh, have him. I, I think they're a little bit worried about Justin Fields uh, being thrown to the Wolves a bit early maybe in his career. Uh, he was able to come in, and uh, he he was able to get a touchdown on the ground. He played a few snaps, but um, not much. Um, I, I'm never impressed with Andy Dalton. He's just been sort of like a, a middle-of-the-road guy for most of his career. Uh, I, I just really hope that they will allow Fields to get in there and, and you know, have his take his lumps, but, you know, uh, show his, you know, what he's got because he, he was super talented in college, and I think – He's going to be a great NFL quarterback. I think he's going to be a great NFL quarterback, but I think what you've just said is the truth. They just don't want to rush the kid. 
And then also, too, they were going to bring in, I guess, the elder statesman for the quarterback. So hopefully that uh, Fields can learn something from Dalton in his preparation or how he gets the ball out. Because that's the, one of the things that was very noticeable in the game was how quickly he was getting the ball out of his hands because uh, uh, that's just the way their offense is working. So, And then Fields should learn from that to know that it's like, I, get, I just can't hold on to the ball forever. I'm going to get right. sacked. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So the Rams um, play the Colts next Sunday. The Bears play Cincy. That'll be good. Uh, the 49ers, uh, the other NFC West team that were able to get a victory, uh, they uh, had an offensive explosion outlasting uh, Detroit 41 33. Uh, Jimmy G was um, pretty good. He, he was 17 for 25, 314 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Trey Lance came in. He threw a, a pass for five yards and a TD. Uh, another situation where you've got this veteran. Uh, a lot of people don't like Jimmy G. He gets a lot of criticism. Uh, Trey Lance is, uh, you know, another really young quarterback that's coming in, uh, you know, highly touted. Um, but, um, yeah, 49ers, uh, their offense was sure good. Debo Samuel was phenomenal that game. Debo Samuel, nine catches for 189 yards receiving. He was absolutely phenomenal. Um, you know what? The, the quarterback talk is going to be there, but as long as Jimmy G keeps winning, then he'll be able to suppress that talk. But if, as soon as he starts losing, well, there'll be calls for him for a change. So. True. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, we'll see how it pans out. Um, they, uh, the 49ers play the Eagles this week, so not not too tough of a of a cha a challenge uh, but um yeah it's pretty amazing to see all four teams in the nfc west get off to a one and oh start and uh everybody uh, has said early on that this is probably the best division in football and uh i'm excited uh, to see these teams battle it out against each other when they finally do start playing interdivisional games and and uh yeah maybe we could see three four teams come out of this and for playoff matchups wouldn't that be great? That, I, I think that would be fantastic if we saw something of that nature come about. Um, but I'm just – I am looking forward to seeing these teams beat up on each other and see who can make it into the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. Uh, we talked about Jared Goff, and uh, he, uh, he actually had a huge game. They had him throwing 57 times, 38 for 57 for 338 yards, three touchdowns, one pick. Uh, he got a, a touchdown off to Hawkinson. Uh, DeAndre Swift got a touchdown. Jamal Williams got one on the ground. Um, yeah, I mean, you can't ask for more from Jared Goff in his Detroit debut. No, no, he he, he did well. It's unfortunate that the defensive side of the ball let him down. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, but he, for his first start in Detroit, uh, you can't actually ask for anything better from your quarterback. Yeah, no kidding, yeah. Uh, okay, let's turn to the, uh, the NFC South. Uh, three of the four teams had victories. Uh, as I, we mentioned earlier, the Bucs uh, had their win over Dallas on Thursday. Uh, but the big story was the Saints absolute destroying Green Bay, 38-3. to uh, Man, nobody saw this coming. Worst performance ever from Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, and uh, Jameis Winston after, uh, you know, leaving Tampa Bay uh, after 30 interceptions, uh, he had 
what a phenomenal performance. Uh, less than 150 yards, but five TD passes. Uh, this was uh, crazy numbers that uh, nobody saw coming. Of course not. You would think that those numbers should belong to Aaron Rodgers with about 300 yards, but that was definitely not the case here. Yeah. Um, the Packers just looked like they were just out of sorts from the beginning of the game to the end of the game. They just did not execute. They did not do literally anything right. But I'm just going to say for Aaron Rodgers, unfortunately, it looks like he's going to have some problems going ahead into uh, the rest of the season because his offensive line didn't look good like mm -hmm. at all. No, like, like at all. It yeah. did not look good. So yeah. you're right. Yeah. Yeah. It was bad, but uh, I, I was shocked at how good the saints defense looked um, that, that impressed me. They've, they've shored up every single hole they had and, and uh, yeah, both sides of the ball just played perfect game. Yeah. Um, I, I, I would, th I, I think to myself that the saints might have the best, one of the best offensive lines, and they might have one of the best front sevens now in the NFL. And it kind of showed against the Packers because they just, they came after them. And Rodgers had to kind of run for his life, like a lion. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Winston had five TD passes, as I said, 14 for 20, 148 yards. He was six for 37 on the ground. Uh, Alvin Kamara was 20 for 83, uh, three for eight through the air with a touchdown. Uh, Jamon Johnson, Jawan Johnson, uh, two touchdowns for him. Deontay Harris, a touchdown, and Chris Hogan, another touchdown too. Um, Aaron Rodgers' numbers, wow, yeah, just stunning. Uh, lowest numbers of his career: fifteen for twenty-eight, hundred and thirty-three yards, uh, only one TD and two, no, no, zero TDs, two picks. Um, and their their rushing uh, attack was held to forty-three yards in the entire game. On 15 attempts, uh, never seen Devonte Adams have these type of numbers. Five for 56. Um, ball was spread around to tons of receivers, but nobody could do anything against this defense. Yeah, yeah, the the Saints absolutely shut them down. There was no Rogers magic for that particular night. <laughs> no. Uh, Green Bay pay, plays the Lions uh, on next Monday night, a week from tonight, and the Saints uh, play the Panthers. And speaking of the Panthers, um, they were also uh, able to get a victory. Uh, they beat the Sad Sack Jets 19-14. Uh, uh, Sam Darnold was able to get revenge uh, from his old team who gave up on him and sent him packing. Uh, he was good. He had uh, he was 24 for 35. Uh, what's that, 299 and a touchdown and one TD on the ground. Um, yeah, nice to be able to say, ah, too bad for getting rid of me. Uh, here you go. I'm going to put an L up on you right away. Yes. Yes, he, he did get his revenge, so to speak. But I, I, I thought that uh, I thought the number two, uh, he did well enough for his inaugural debut, 20 for 37, 258 yards and one interception. Yeah. He was running for his life, though, in the first half. Uh, his offensive line was opening up big holes and, and uh, he was, he looked like a scared young kid there. Uh, he has a baby face and he doesn't look like a, a guy that should be uh, anchoring uh, an NFL team quite yet, but uh, yeah, he, he had a good second half and uh, you know, everybody thinks that he's going to be uh, 
the answer to the Jets' problems and be able to take them out of this. Uh, the Jets just year after year after year getting these top high draft picks and bringing in uh, can't miss uh, quarterbacks, but uh, they think that this is the guy. Hopefully. Hopefully he is the guy. Uh, he'll have to prove that he is the guy. And also, too, they'll have to invest in protecting said guy or said guy is going to be injured. He won't be able to play. So no. those are two things that the Jets need to do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Corey Davis was able to uh, go against his former team as well and uh, got both touchdowns for the Jets. Uh, Panthers play the Saints uh, next weekend. So interdivisional rival there. It'll be, um, it'll be tough for them. Uh, the Falcons were the only team that lost in the NFC South and uh, they did not look good at all. Uh, absolutely blown out by the Eagles. Um, Jalen Hurts looked phenomenal. Uh, I was really shocked at uh, how anemic the Falcons offense was. Um, they have so many weapons there, but uh, they were really not able to get going at all. No, no. And it, 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 it pains me to say this because the Falcons are my team and they just, uh, it, it could be a long season. That's <laughs> what I'm going to say. It could be a long season. If this is what I'm already seeing from the first game. It, it could be a very, very long season for the Falcons. But like, as you said, Jalen Hurts looked great and he hooked up with his old college buddy, uh, Devontae Smith for a touchdown. Um, Hopefully they just give the keys to um, to the franchise to Hertz because I think yeah. I think he's their future. I really do. No, he's he looks amazing. Uh, yeah, he he was uh, great through the air, good on the ground, seven for sixty-two on the ground, and like you say, his teammate, former college teammate Devontae Smith, was good, six for seventy-one with a TD. Uh, Rieger got a touchdown. Dallas Goddard got a touchdown. Miles Sanders had nineteen touches. 74 yards on the ground and 39 through the air. Um, yeah, that, that team is, uh, is pretty stacked. And I was shocked about how good their defense was because uh, Eagles defense was not good last year, but um, they shut down. Matty Ice was only had 164 yards through the year. Uh, I think they're missing Julio Jones. Uh, I think he garnered a lot of interest from the uh, DBs on the opposing side. And Ridley was getting a lot more attention over the last few years, but uh, and, and Russell Gage and uh, Julio not being there. I think uh, they were able to put their best corners on those guys and shut them down. Well, yeah, because like he's not only just uh, attracting all the cornerbacks attention, but even the safeties will probably cheat over a little bit more to his side of the field, giving even more space to everybody else. Yeah. And now that that guy is gone, oh, man, this game is a lot harder. <laughs> what are you yeah. missing? Like I don't know, a superstar receiver. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Philly, uh, Philly plays the Niners next. The uh, Niners got decimated with some injuries. Uh, Raheem Mostert is out for a while with a severe injury. Uh, you know who Atlanta plays next week? Uh, uh, it's probably somebody horrible. Let, let's go with this. Is it the Chiefs? Kansas no. City? Uh, no. the no. team that beat the Chiefs. Oh, what the Browns? No, no, I'm meaning yeah, oh, 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 you mean the Bucks? Oh, of course, <laughs> yeah. of course. Yes, yes. So yeah, there's another so win for the I Falcons. Think I think we're going to see uh, NFC South with the uh, Falcons definitely on the bottom next week after that one too. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're, the only question for me is 
how many touchdowns does Brady beat them by? <laughs> Two or three? Yeah. I'm, at this point in time, I'm thinking possibly three. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Tough. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, tough. Uh, tough for Atlanta. Yeah. It's not going to be an easy year this year for sure. Uh, we talked a ton last year about how the NFC was terrible. Uh, the teams were making it into the playoffs with a losing record. Uh, the only team that won this past uh, week was the Eagles. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Dallas was close. Uh, Washington was close. The Giants, not really. But um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, do you think we're going to see a similar kind of uh, performance this year out of the NFC East? Yes. Yes, I do. Uh, the only team that I see that actually will has the potential to have a winning record is obviously the Philadelphia Eagles. Everybody else is not going to be very good. I have zero confidence in the Giants. I have zero uh, confidence in Daniel Jones. The guy's a fumbler. He's f Mr. Fumbleitis. Uh, and he did that again in the game against the Broncos, uh, where they had a chance to come back in the third. Yeah. And uh, that fumble kind of gave the game away. Chargers, uh, Chargers beat Washington. Um, obviously, uh, losing your starting quarterback that quickly into a game is tough, but Taylor Heineke came in, uh, played well, 11 for 15, 102 yards and a touchdown. Uh, it'll be good to see him get, you know, a full week of practice and, and approach it. Um, Antonio Gibson played well, 20 uh, carries for 90 yards. Uh, Logan Thomas had the... Uh, had the uh, lone TD. Um, Chargers, uh, yeah, we've been talking about uh, Justin Herbert and how great he looked last year. Uh, he was phenomenal this game, 31 for 47, 337 yards and a TD. Uh, Keenan Allen, one of his favorite targets, always nine for 100 yards. Mike Williams had a TD. Austin Eckler had a TD. Um, yeah, I mean, the Chargers didn't have a huge offensive explosion, but – Herbert looked great in this first game. Yeah, and Herbert did what he needed to do to ensure the win. He went 14 for 19 on third downs. Wow. And so there's your difference wow. from last year to this that's year. Huge. That's so yeah. huge. Yeah, that's so huge. Uh, Chargers, Chargers play uh, Dallas uh, in the late window on Sunday and Washington uh, hosts the Giants. So uh, you said you talked about the Giants. Um, they, they lost 27, 19 to Denver. Um, Bridgewater, uh, was good for Denver. Good to see him emerge there. Uh, 28 for 36, 264 yards and a couple touchdowns. Melvin Gordon was huge. 11 carries for 101 yards, 9.2 average per carry. And uh, he had a <laughs> touchdown there. Um, Denver, uh, man, uh, yeah, pretty impressive performance by them. Okay, so just what you just said there, nine point two. What happened to the Giants front seven? Were they there? Were they there? Were they even on the field? Or was he just going? This is kind of cool, just to be running out free and nobody being around. Like, what are you guys doing? What are you doing out there? Yeah, hilarious. Yeah, that was yeah, that was crazy. How uh, he was able to just plow through big holes and get big yardage the whole game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're gonna be like, okay, I think we can win this game if every time he touches the ball, he's got over nine yards of carry. Yeah, exactly. It's like, 
you know what? I, I don't think we're going to reinvent the wheel here. We're just going to keep handing it off since they can't do anything to stop this guy. Yeah. Uh, the Raiders have just tied the game up at 17. Uh, Derek Carr threw a touchdown pass. Uh, let's see if uh, they've updated it yet for me. No, I don't see who he's thrown the. Oh, uh, Josh Jacobs uh, has the touchdown. That's his second of the game. Uh, must have been a little uh, running back toss to him. Uh, so Giants play Washington, and Denver gets to play Jacksonville, who's horrible and uh, will have a bad year. So Denver's looking like they're going to come out 2-0. and So uh, I guess uh, let's talk about the NFC North. Um, all four teams – lost their opening uh, game. Um, there was some close ones. The Vikings uh, had a huge comeback and uh, against Cincinnati. Um, they were down big time, um, but they came back and forced overtime. Uh, both teams touched the ball a couple times in overtime, and finally since he was able to pull it out. Did you get the chance to see that one? I, I saw a bit of then yeah the Vikings did have like a furious comeback only to fall just short but uh I I was I was very impressed with Burrow and I was kind of worried about his mobility after coming off that horrendous injury yeah really really bad injury yeah um but he looked he looked great he looked fantastic I'm I'm somewhat amazed now at like uh the recuperative abilities of these players and and what we can do to get them back on the field now like it's actually kind of amazing it's incredible. Yeah, you're right. Um, yeah, you see, you see injuries that would take regular mortals out for years and years and might not be able to ever walk properly again. And uh, he's out there running around, um, you know, taking the team to a victory. Uh, it was uh, impressive to see and I'm glad he's back. Um, I think he's a really special talent and, and he can uh, be a good quarterback for many years. Joe Mixon was huge. Uh, he carried the ball 29 times. For 127 yards and touchdown, caught four balls. Um, Jamar Chase was very huge. Uh, massive touchdown down the sideline. Uh, that was gorgeous. Uh, he had five catches for 101 yards, and T. Higgins had the other TD. Um, yeah, you know, since he, uh, they're going to be somebody that uh, will be fun to watch for sure. They've got some really good weapons. They got some great weapons. And now that uh, Burrow was back, and hopefully is, I hope for his sake, is completely healthy for the rest of the season because I definitely enjoy watching the man play and watching him work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, The Vikings were down by a couple touchdowns, but they put on a furious comeback. Uh, Cousins looked good, uh, 36 for 49, 351 yards and a couple of touchdowns. Dalvin Cook had a touchdown. Uh, he touched the ball 26 times. Uh, Adam Thielen was good as always. Nine catches for 92 yards and a couple of TDs. Uh, Jefferson looked good. Um, I, I, I'm not too worried about the Vikings. I think they're going to have a lot of uh, great games this year. They play the Cardinals next, so it's going to be a tough battle. Uh, since he plays the Bears, so so that'll be good. Uh, let's see. Um, I think we've covered the entire NFC. Let's turn to the AFC. Uh, we talked a lot about um, that AFC West, how uh, all those teams were able to win. Um, the, uh, the Raiders and Ravens, uh, yeah, 17, 17 all now, uh, eight, eight and a half minutes to go in the, in, the, in the fourth here. So 
Uh, let's see what else. Uh, tell me about this um, game between the Chiefs and the Browns. Um, Cleveland seemed to have this, seemed to have the Chiefs on the ropes, and then uh, Kansas City turned this around and got the victory. Uh, it was um, impressive performance by the Browns, but uh, Chiefs said, no, 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 no. This is our game. We're taking it and uh, pulled out the victory. Well, yeah, because you got a guy by the name of, like, you know, Patrick Mahomes who just goes, I don't really feel like losing, so we're not going to lose. <laughs> okay, done. <laughs> and that's kind of what he does. Like, he, he does things where you're just like, okay, I don't really know how he pulled that off, but he did. Yeah. And he's, 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 he's simply amazing to watch. He really is. Oh, yeah. uh, he brings the, brings the Chiefs back for a win. But also, too, the Browns kind of did it to themselves. When that punter miffed, oh. whiffed on that, and mm -hmm. and you can't do that that close to your own end zone no. and not think that the Chiefs are not going to score. Yeah. That's a gift. You, no, you, you got to get the ball away. Even if it goes 20, 30 yards, you got to get that ball away. That was sad. It just sort of butterfingers out of his hands and touchdown. <laughs> and then, uh, and then uh, yeah, Mahomes just, I can't believe the, the, the velocity and, and just how he can flick the ball down the field and find Tyreek Hill. Hill had a massive game, 11 catches, 197 yards. Like, oh, man, is that a combination. Those two guys together, it's just so pretty to watch. It is. And also, too, like, that that pass is what they the coaches say. Don't throw that pass. Don't, <laughs> don't do that. Yeah. And he's just like, well, it's Mahomes, so. He can throw the pass. <laughs> yeah, the I know. I, I, it's amazing. He can he can be running to his right and throw back across the field to his left and, and find the guy. Like uh, not many people on the planet could do something like that. No, no. And then also too, not many people on the planet can adjust to what Mahomes' pass was because Tyreek Hill just all of yeah. a sudden slammed on the brakes. That guy keeps running. Just goes, yep, thank you, and then he's gone. Yeah. Uh, Kelsey also had a great game, a couple TDs. Clyde's Edward Hilaire, uh, yeah, was decent. He had 17 touches for uh, 80 yards. Um, <laughs> Mayfield looked good. Uh, that was definitely uh, a bad uh, decision on his part to throw that ball at the end that was picked off. Um, they said he looked like he was trying to throw it out of bounds and he got kind of hit at the time, but uh, he should have just buried that into the ground somehow. And and, uh, you know, tried to give them a chance. Uh, the Browns were actually picked by a ton of people to beat the Chiefs in this game. A lot of people are very high on that team. Oh, as they should be, because they look great. And then actually, for the majority of this game, they controlled the game. Right. They, they absolutely controlled the game. So I would be very high on the, on the Browns as well. I think they're going to do very well uh, for, the, for the season. They just couldn't win this game. Yeah. Uh, missing OBJ is always tough because uh, he's such a weapon. Uh, but their ground attack is huge with Chubb and Hunt. Uh, Chubb had a couple of touchdowns. He had a 100-yard game. Uh, Kareem Hunt had a, a touchdown on the ground, and he got a few catches through the air. Jarvis Landry was great. Uh, uh, he had uh, 84 yards with a touchdown on the ground. Um, yeah, Browns. Uh, play Texas next, so uh, good chance of winning there. Uh, Chiefs play Baltimore, so we'll see how this game shakes out for Baltimore, but 
uh, you got to favor the Chiefs in uh, pretty much every game they're going to play this year. Um, also, uh, in the AFC North, uh, we've got the uh, Steelers pulling off a massive upset uh, over the over Buffalo, uh, 23-16. Uh, the Bills led 10-0 at the half, and the Steelers' defense was able to really shut down Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, most of that Bills attack. Uh, really phenomenal catch by Deontay Johnson in the corner of the end zone. They also uh, blocked a, a kick and took it in for a touchdown. Um, Steelers looked really good. I think a lot of people were really surprised by this game. I was super surprised. I thought that uh, the Bills were definitely going to win this game, and then they didn't. But definitely special teams that uh, keep block punt was the difference in the game. And, uh, yeah, uh, the Steelers did what they needed to do to win. And that, that defense was impressive today. Yeah. Very wow. impressive. Are they ever, yeah. Uh, Claypool had a decent day, the Abbotsford kid. Uh, three catches for 45 yards through the year. They gave him the handoff once, and he ran for 25 yards. Um, there was uh, – Washington was banged up, so I think he's going to move up the depth chart a little bit. Claypool might get some more opportunities. Uh Good to see him. Uh, I, he made a phenomenal catch in that game. And I think, uh, you know, Ben Roethlisberger should make him a main target because, man, that guy's got great hands and the size of him, speed and everything is just so, so, such, such an amazing thing to behold. Yeah, he's got size, power, speed, and he's got great hands. He's got all the intangibles that you need for a wide receiver. And he proved that last year. He proved how good he is. So all Big Ben has to do is just – Get the ball to him. He'll catch it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Gabriel Davis got the lone TD for for Buffalo. Uh, Singletary <laughs> looked okay, but they didn't really give him the ball enough. I, I didn't think. 11, 11 carries for 72 yards, uh, and he got three small um, passes for eight yards. Uh, Diggs was kind of shut down, which surprised me. Uh, he was he was probably one of the best, if not the best, receiver last year. Uh, he had 69 uh, yards over nine catches. But um, yeah, that Steelers defense, uh, wow! Uh, I, I think um, yeah, they they could win a lot of games just based on that defense this year. Yeah, uh, the Steelers really their defense didn't give the Bills much of anything at all. So yeah, uh, you, you can look that they'll probably be relying on their defense quite a bit. Uh, for the rest of the season. Baltimore just went back ahead. Uh, Latavius Murray uh, with a touchdown. Uh, they're up 24-17 with six minutes left. Um, so, yeah, we'll keep an update on that. Uh, Latavius was just signed uh, this past week, so he was able to get in there and get a get a touchdown. They had a nice drive there, it looked like. Nice, nice. Yeah. Uh, Steelers play the Raiders. So the Raiders will be on a short week. Uh, they play 10 a.m. Sunday. Uh, and the Bills play the Dolphins, so interdivisional game there. Uh, AFC South, uh, the Titans uh, lost to the Cardinals, like we mentioned. The Colts lost to the Seahawks. The Jags lost to Houston. Uh, Houston without Deshaun Watson, um, but Tyrod Taylor played pretty damn good, uh, 21 for 31, 291 yards and a couple touchdowns, also 40 yards on the ground. Uh, Ingram had a touchdown. Lindsay had a touchdown. Uh, Brandon Cooks had a huge game. 
uh, five for 132. Um, yeah. Uh, what do you think of um, Houston's performance? Uh, big, big victory there. Yeah, it was a big victory, but I, I was kind of paying attention to another rookie debut and Trevor Lawrence for the Jags. Yeah. Uh, he didn't do too bad. There were some very ill-advised passes that he made, but he's a yeah. rookie, so you're going to have to live with that. 28 for 28 of 51, 332 yards, three TDs, three INTs. Yeah. Um, not bad. Yeah. It's not bad. He blamed the loss on himself because of those three picks. Uh, when you have, um, you know, that decided advantage in turnovers, typically, uh, you know, the team with the uh, turnover differential is going to win. So uh, he blamed a lot on himself. But, you know, those numbers look good. And, uh, you know, if he can have numbers like that, most games he's going to have victories as long as he can keep the, the uh, interceptions away. Uh, DJ Chark, um, you know, a guy that emerged uh, over the last couple of years, uh, had a good game, three for 86, so a touchdown. Marvin Jones, um, yeah, being able to leave Detroit uh, and uh, have a great game, five for 77 and a touchdown. Man hurts had a TD. Um, but, uh, yeah, Houston was definitely uh, much better than the Jags were on this one. Yeah, um, they were, and considering all the stuff that their actual starting quarterback is going through, they, it didn't affect the team at all, and it didn't affect their performance. So great win by the Texans. Houston plays Cleveland uh, next Sunday morning, and the Jags play the Broncos. So, And uh, the last division uh, that we have to cover uh, is the uh, AFC East. And the last game that we haven't talked to at all was the Dolphins and Patriots. Uh, Miami just squeaked out the 17-16 win over New England. Um, Tua looked decent. Uh, Devontae Parker had a good game. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I expected a bit more from the Patriots. Yeah, uh, they had the unfortunate fumble at the end of the game that cost them the game, literally. So, I, 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 I expect more from the Patriots. I think they have more to give. And Mac Jones wasn't bad. He wasn't bad at all. 29 to 39, 281 yards and one, one touchdown. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, Dolphins are the only team in the AFC East to get a victory. Kind of crazy to see uh, the Dolphins up there. Bills dominated. Patriots have been dominating that division for 15, 20 years, whatever it's been. Uh, Bills were able to finally get a, a division win last year, but the Dolphins uh, emerge as the top team in the AFC East. Uh, I don't see that coming all year, but uh, nice for the fans to finally see themselves in first place. Yes, yes, it, it's fantastic for the fans. Uh, and the Dolphins should be happy. They should be happy because it's still a long road, but uh, it's a good start to the season with the win. Yeah. AFC West starts with the Chiefs, Broncos, and Chargers all getting a victory. Uh, Raiders are playing tonight, uh, the fourth team in that division. Uh, Steelers and Bengals uh, both got victories in AFC North. Uh, Browns got the loss, and the Ravens are still playing. And the AFC South, the only team that won was Houston. Colts, <laughs> Titans, and Jags um, all lost. So uh, only one weekend, but... Um, uh, a lot of uh, really interesting stories emerging and uh, a lot of fun. I sure enjoyed myself watching games yesterday. Yeah. And the one thing that I've enjoyed the most out of watching all these games, the highlights and stuff, seeing the fans back in the, in, yeah. 
in in the arenas and also to just seeing uh, football the way that I'm used to seeing it with like the panel of people being in close proximity to one another. Yeah. And then just like doing their show as they do. So. Nice. Oh man. So nice. Uh, so nice to see that. Uh, I saw Ben Roethlisberger's post game comments and he said, Chase Claypool's never played in front of fans. This is unbelievable. Like, you know, he, he's finally getting a chance to play in front of fans. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's making such a difference and, and home field advantage is so massive in football because when that opposing team's on the field, they're just roaring, roaring, roaring so hard to hear yourself even think when you're uh, stepping up to the line there trying to call the plays and stuff. Uh, yeah, it, it's sure, you know, it's something we missed big time and so nice to see them back uh, back in these full stadiums. Yeah, yep, it is. It is. It, it's, it's nice to see. It's, it's great to have the fans as being part of our viewing pleasure again. Yeah. It, it just adds to the game. It always has and always will. The Raiders are uh, marching. They're down to the 10-yard line. Henry Ruggs just caught a huge pass from Derek Carr. And it uh, looks like they got first and goal here. A uh, little less than four minutes to go. First and goal for the Raiders to tie it up at 24. So, uh, yeah, nice Monday nighter to start the season. Uh, uh, let's see if uh, the Raiders can punch this in and be another one of those uh, teams that win in the AFC. Yeah, well, hopefully they can. Um, yeah, it's just a great, great Monday game to start off the season. Great Monday nighter. Yeah. Okay, uh, there was no UFC this past Saturday, but there is one coming up uh, next Saturday. Uh, why don't we uh, touch base on it a little bit? Uh, the main event has Anthony Lionheart-Smith versus Ryan Spann. Uh, Smith is on a two-fight win streak. He beat Devin Clark with a knockout win his last uh, his last performance, and he also uh, KO'd Jimmy Crute. Um, he fought for the light heavyweight belt on March 2nd, 2019, so about two and a half years ago. Uh, wasn't able to, to win it against John Jones, but um, looks has looked good in his last two performances. Uh, Spen has won nine of his last ten. His only loss was to Johnny Walker. Uh, he beat Misha Shurkinoff in March uh, this year by big knockout really early. Got a 50K bonus for his uh, first round KO. Um, he was a former LFA champion, but doesn't have the same type of experience uh, that uh, Lionheart has. Uh, how do you think this is going to play out? It could end quick. Or it could be an absolute war. Mm. I don't know. It could be what I think it's going to be one or the other. I think it could end quickly or it could be an absolute war. Um, uh, but I, 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 I'm going to be giving the advantage to Span because I, I think he's really feeling himself being on a nine fight winning streak. Yeah. I think Anthony Smith better be very, very careful of that man because he's ultra confident at this point in time in his career. That's true. Yeah. Well, the Raiders have tied it up. Darren Waller got a 10-yard TD reception. And, uh, well, not tied it up. Uh, I guess they got to get the extra point here. But uh, if as long as the kicker can put it through the uprights, we've got a tie game with uh, three minutes and 44 seconds left to go. So, um, yeah, great Monday night. Super happy. Uh, glad for everybody. Uh, it sucks when it's a, 
blowout. He had 19 targets tonight, Darren Waller. 10 receptions for 105 yards and a TD. Uh, man, Derek Carr loves Darren Waller. Well, what what's there not to love about that guy? He's one of he's a physical specimen first off, yeah. and uh, he does everything great, fantastic. So yes. yeah, I can see why he keeps wanting to pass to him. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, the co-main event uh, on Saturday night has Eon Kutalaba uh, facing off against Devin Clark. I mentioned Devin Clark uh, got knocked out. Uh, by uh, Anthony Lionheart Smith in his last boat, but uh, uh, Kutalaba has two losses in a draw in his last three, and he's lost three out of his last five. Uh, his only uh, only win was against Khalil Roundtree, who we saw a couple of weeks ago. Um, so yeah, on a bit of a, a downslide, uh, Devin has. Uh, won two and lost two in his last four. Uh, he lost both to Anthony Smith and Ryan Spawner in the uh, main event um, by decision to both. Uh, but then he beat, uh, uh, no, not by decision to both, but uh, knockouts to both. Uh, but he won decision to against Alonzo Menafield and Daquan Ta- Townsend, his last fight. So uh, I'm not sure who to... Um, who to cheer for or who uh, I think is going to emerge from this one. Uh, Kutalaba is a physical specimen and uh, he's usually the favorite going in, but um, yeah, I'm not sure uh, what's going to shake out in, the, in this one. I, I have a prediction. Yeah. I think it ends in a vicious KO from one of these guys. This is not going to go the full three rounds. This is going to end by KO for sure for this fight. Nice. Uh, Devin Clark, uh, you should look into him. Uh, he's a huge proponent of, uh, the down syndrome community, uh, raises a ton of money for them, uh, is, is always really, really, uh, talking a lot about, uh, down syndrome and, uh, uh, wants the world to stop aborting babies when, uh, they hear that they have down syndrome. Um, he has raised, uh, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars for that um, affliction and that cause. And uh, uh, really one of the really good guys in the sport. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's fantastic to hear, uh, especially when these guys make it known what their endeavors are outside of the sport of the UFC and how they're trying to better the world, so to speak through uh, their, their charities and stuff. And that that's, that's uh, admirable what he's trying to do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, the fight that kicks off the main card has Joaquin Buckley against Antonio Arroyo. Uh, Joaquin Buckley had that KO of the year last year, the spinning back KO uh, of beating uh, Impe Kisagane, um 50K. He should have got 500K for that one. <laughs> that went viral immediately and was um, one of the best knockouts I've ever seen in my life. Uh, please, please, please dial that in and try to find that uh, online somewhere, YouTube, I'm sure. Uh, that was a spectacular knockout. And, and this guy is a physical specimen, as they say. Yes, he is a physical specimen. And I, I hope to be sincerely entertained again in this fight coming up uh, where he faces Antonio Arroyo. So... Keep that one in check, people. Like, that's going to be – this could be 
a very, very highlight reel type fight. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, he was actually knocked out in his last fight uh, by Alessio de Chir Chirico. Sorry. Uh, he was uh, KO'd by a head kick. Uh, so he's either going to knock a guy out with a head kick or get knocked out himself. Um, he's had a, uh, uh, he's had sort of a, a tough life. Um, his father was never in the picture. His mom passed away from a heart condition when he was in the sixth grade had to be raised by his grandma, uh, has been able to uh, turn his athleticism into a, a really great uh, career. Um, Arroyo lost his last two to decision and three of his last four. Um, this is only his third fight in the UFC, so uh, I'm leaning towards Buckley for sure in this one. Yeah, so am I. I'm leaning towards Buckley. He has, uh, I guess you could say, the superior experience in the octagon. Um, yeah. And I, I think he definitely has the power advantage in this fight. Yeah. Uh, turning to the prelims on this card. Uh, I mentioned Impa Kinsagane. Uh, he's on the card. Um, he has only that one loss, uh, nine victories and the one crazy KO knockout. Uh, he had grabbed the guy's foot, had Buckley's foot and was not expecting that kind of a, a jumping spinning kick. Caught him off guard. Uh, he is another really amazing fighter. Uh, one of the smartest fighters in the UFC. He actually has three degrees uh, to his name. He was an accountant uh, up until recently. He decided to become a full-time fighter. Uh, he has an associate's degree in business administration, a bachelor's degree in accounting, and a bachelor's degree in, in finance. Uh, so, um, yeah, he's not one of these meatheads, as they say. Uh, he's a smart guy, and uh, hopefully he can use the smarts in the octagon. Also, too, like before he made the change, he must have been one of the scariest-looking businessmen you've ever seen in your life. Yeah. You walk into a boardroom, it's like, well, just give him all the money right away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Eh? Yeah. yeah, that would have been fun meetings, uh, seeing him walking in the door and sit down. Oh, man, like, okay, whoa, okay. Because <laughs> yeah. accountants don't usually look like him. No, no, no. I've, I've never seen any accountant that's ever looked like him, so... <laughs> Uh, he won his last fight by rear naked choke uh, in his welterweight debut. Uh, he was previous middleweight. Um, that knockout, um, I think, uh, made him decide uh, he was going to go down to welterweight. Um, maybe this is the division for him. Yeah, hopefully. Um, and hopefully he can keep his diet correct so that he can always uh, make that weight cut. Because, you know, when you go down to those lower divisions, that's usually the problem is always making the weight cut and doing it proper. So as long as he's disciplined, I guess he shouldn't have a problem. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. Uh, he's fighting, uh, he's fighting a guy, Carlston Harris. Uh, he had his USA debut uh, in April and he uh, got an anaconda submission was his um, way of victory. Uh, he's on a four-fight winning streak, and he's got um, as many KOs as he's got submissions, so he looks dangerous everywhere. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and and yeah, so Kasagane is probably going to just do the smart thing and try to keep away from the ground against this guy, yeah. keep it standing so that he can knock him out. Yeah. 
Uh, we're down to a minute 39 left in this one. Baltimore's got the ball down about the 35 yard line. And uh, yeah, I'll give a few more updates. They're going to try to, I'm sure they're going to try to march the clock all the way down. They're showing the kicker, Justin Tucker. He's made 47 consecutive field goals in the fourth quarter, which is the longest active streak in the NFL. So um, yeah, they're in good shape. Looking like they could pull out this uh, 27-24 win, but uh, the Raiders are going to have to, yeah, do something magical to stop this. Um, there's a lot of fights on this card. I can't believe how many fights on the prelim card. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Nine cards on the prelims. So um, yeah, we're in for a, a bit of a long day. It starts at one o'clock uh, our time. Four o'clock. The main card starts with the six fights on the card. So. I'm sure I'm not sure why, but an early card from the UFC Apex in Vegas. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I think every once in a while they want to give their European uh, viewers a bone so that they'll, they'll put it on earlier so that they can actually enjoy the UFC as well, just like we do. Yep. here. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and we're uh, just over a week away from UFC 266. Uh, Alexander Volkanovsky, Brian TC. Ortega in the main event in the co-main has Valentina Bullet Shevchenko against Lauren Murphy, Nick Diaz and Robbie Lawler. Nick Diaz coming out of retirement, six years. Uh, we got Curtis Razor Blades against Jarzinho Rosenstrike, Jessica Andrade against Cynthia Calvillo. Uh, super, 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 super stacked card. Uh, we're just uh, a little over a week away. It's going to be excellent. I'm super looking forward to that that uh, card, especially the the main event. Um, I want to see how Ortega solved this puzzle of Volkanovski, and I also want to see it the other way around, where Volkanovski brings the table against Ortega. Uh, unfortunately, with the co-main event, I'm just going to say, as it needs to be said, that's a win for Shevchenko. Uh, it does at this point in time, as far as I'm concerned, it doesn't matter who's going up there to fight her; they're going to lose. Yeah. So, yeah. That's just the that's just the way it is. Yeah, yeah. She's she's far superior than the competition out there. Lauren Murphy's good, but not on that same level. So yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, yeah, I can't even believe it. We got Marlon Marais on the card. We got Dan Hooker on the on that card. Chris Dawkins. Uh, many, many, many young fighters too. Uh, man, I I I can't believe how great uh, the Contender Series has been this year. Uh, Dana White handed out five contracts last week, uh, three more this, uh, you know, coming this week. Uh, just, yeah, it's just been phenomenal, 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 great fighters coming out of that contender series and uh, right away being able to compete at a high level in, in the UFC. Yeah. And that's, that, that's the, the greatest point of it at a very high level. Yeah. Like these, these guys are coming in and they're, they're not, they're not raw. They're, they're actually, they got some polish to them and it's, it's super, it just brings up the competitive, uh, uh, the competition in the UFC as they fight. So it just makes all the fights that much better. Okay. So, uh, there's a couple of combat sports things that I want to talk about. Uh, do you want to talk about Conor McGregor or the thriller fight first? Uh, let's go with Conor. Let's okay. Did you hear about what happened with him? 
Uh, Machine Gun Kelly had an incident of some sort. I, I, okay, I, all I can say is I just saw it briefly in the news while I was on, like, with the, with the guys for the wedding. So I don't really know what sparked it. I don't know what happened. I don't know if Connor was just being Connor and just being an idiot. I have no idea what happened. Yeah. Well, this is the story that I've heard allegedly what's happened. Uh, who knows exact, but uh, heard that Connor went over to Machine Gun and asked uh, if he would pose for a picture with him. And Machine Gun said, no, get out of here. Not interested in having a picture with you. And Connor got a little bit mad at him and uh, started approaching him and Machine Gun supposedly shoved him. And Connor fell back a little bit and spilled his drink on a suit. And so Connor took his drink and threw it at Machine Gun. And then a melee ensued. Uh, Machine Gun's girlfriend, Megan Fox, was in there. She got ushered away. A lot of uh, words were said. A lot of things were uh, thrown. And, um, yeah, that's sort of the story that I hear. Who knows? Uh, uh, some of Connor's people said, uh, no, that's not true. He doesn't even know who the hell Machine Gun Kelly is. And, and he didn't ask for no picture from him. But... Um, that's the story that I've seen in all the sort of uh, tabloid news feeds that have been out there. Well, I guess uh, eventually something like this is going to happen with Connor since he thinks he's such a big deal. And if anybody, anybody dares to say, nah, not interested, I guess you're going to get a drink thrown at you, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I've seen Connor be an idiot way too many times. Uh, you know, one of the best fighters of our generation but um yeah i mean he's had way too many of these incidents and i would i wouldn't put it past him that uh, he caused this one too uh yeah we just seem to be talking about him way too much with crazy stuff like this and he's on a cane he's still recovering from a broken leg what is he even doing having fights so, you know at a, an awards event what the hell well also too i i guess you could say his recovery is obviously going very well. Wasn't even walking with a noticeable limp. So no. well, good for you. That's fantastic. That's great. But I, Hey, I, as I've said before, it seems like he's trying very hard to still be relevant in whatever the, like, you know, no, no bad uh, news is, is, is good news or good. You know what I'm trying to say? Like it's whatever he can do to keep himself relevant in the news he's doing. Whether it's bad, whether it's good, I don't think he cares at this point in time. Okay, so Justin Tucker did kick the field goal, gave the Raiders a bit of time. Uh, 27-24 Baltimore. Derek Carr has the most game-winning drives in the fourth quarter of overtime than any other quarterback in the past four years, I think this stat said. Uh, Raiders have marched it down. Seven seconds left. They're going for a long field goal here to tie it up and send it to overtime. It looks long. Looks really pretty long. Uh, Daniel Carlson is three for five on lead-changing field goals in the final two minutes of fourth quarter of overtime. Uh, 55-yard attempt here for Carlson to send it to overtime or send the 70,000 home sad. It's it. it, He made it. Wow. He made it with yards to spare. Yeah, we got overtime. We got overtime. Look at the black hole celebrating. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) 
There it is. A lot of yeah, a lot of happy uh, faces there, and they got uh, more than their money's worth for this game. So, uh, give you some updates be, if we don't finish before. Uh, okay, Triller. Uh, they had another event. Uh, it was changed from California to Florida because they had a senior citizen in the main event, and uh, they wouldn't sanction him sanction the fight in California, but Florida said, Oh yeah, sure, sure, sure. Yeah. We <laughs> loved elders here. We, uh, you know, invite as many, many, many old people as we want and ha- and can. And, and if they could fight, Oh great. Yeah. We'll sanction it. And, uh, this ended up being elder abuse. Uh, <laughs> it was pretty brutal. Um, we saw a jacked up TRT build up Vitor Belfort, who absolutely destroyed Evander Holyfield, 58 year old man who hadn't fought in 10 years. And uh, even in the co main event, Anderson Silva just destroyed Tito Ortiz, left him in a crumpled heap uh, on the canvas. Uh, both fights lasted. Um, little over a minute, uh, pretty pathetic, pretty bad. Um, man, they're sinking to some really big lows with, uh, these fight cards. It's, it's, it's pretty sad. It's really sad. Yeah, it, it is like, it, it is <laughs> like, like, how about this? Of course, Florida is going to put that on because they just, they don't care. <laughs> it's just that they don't care. They don't care yeah. about your safety. It's, they, they don't care. All right. Yeah. So there's no way that that fight should have happened. All right, here you're talking about a a, a jacked up testosterone fuel Cedar Vitor Belfort fighting a 60 year old man. Right, it should happen. Okay. Oh man. <laughs> and then and then you're actually talking about the next fight, uh, washed up Tito Ortiz. Sorry, Tito, I'm gonna say it because it is against a guy that maybe he should have been a boxer. <laughs> like, and, and, like. That's the that's the greatness of Anderson Silva, where he's in his forties and he's like, ah, I'll try boxing for a bit. Oh, wouldn't you know it? I'm really good. Like, I'm really good. Amazing, like, amazing. Yeah. yeah. Tito said he's never been hit by a harder punch in his life than what <laughs> the hit that he took from Anderson Silva. And Anderson's what? I don't even know how old Anderson is now, but he's pushing forty. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think he's in his 40s. Oh, he's and in his, I think he's in his mid-40s, actually, isn't he? Yeah. There you I'm go. I'm going to check it out here. Yeah, how old is he now? Yeah. Uh, unbelievable. Just so shocking, man. He's 46. Yeah, he's 46. And he just absolutely KO'd Tito. Tito was never a really great boxer. He was always, a, you know, really good at uh, his wrestling game and ground and pound and that kind of thing. But um, shocking. Yeah, it was... It was bad. I I thought about watching it. I tuned it in early, but I went to see that Marvel movie instead. And such a good move. Such yeah. a good move. I am so happy I did that instead because I, I don't want to see old men get beat up. It's not fair. It's not cool. It's, you know, old men should retire and go and live in Florida, not go and fight in Florida. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Absolutely. And the fact that they even sanctioned it is kind of ridiculous, right? But then again, you know, I'm sure somebody said, here's a bunch of money. Just let this fight happen. It's like, did oh, okay, hear, no problem. Did you hear the names that came up uh, in the uh, post-fight celebration in the ring? No, no. Well, 
Uh, Vitor Belfort has called out the Paul brothers and he says, uh, okay, uh, winner fights all $30 million. I'll kick either one of your asses. Just, you, you know, you, you either one of you sign on. Uh, and I think he will. I think you destroy them. I think he destroyed oh. most of the planet the way he looks right now. Uh, and then he, um, then he upped the ante and he called out Canelo Alvarez and he put 40 million on the table and said winner takes all canelo let's go 40 million to the winner uh i don't think canelo will agree but um yeah he's really putting a lot of money on the line and he's willing to take on all comers well okay that's that's cool i'm sure canelo's like that's not nearly enough money for me <laughs> sorry you're still out of my league and also too i'm not gonna fight you because that's ridiculous i'm just going to hurt you but <laughs> I am super curious about the Pauls. Yeah. Well, they're not going to fight a real boxer. I think that's abundantly clear. Yeah. But would they take the chance in fighting Vitor Belfort? <laughs> ah, I, even I have to say probably not. Probably just not. Look at, just look at him. No, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't fight that guy. I wouldn't think they would, yeah. No. <laughs> uh, looks like the Raiders won the toss. They're going to get the ball to uh... – to go their last three drives they got two touchdowns and a field goal uh that last drive was only took them 35 seconds to get uh, 38 yards and, and get the field goal uh so yeah advantage raiders if they can put a touchdown on the board they've got the victory so that would be a a bit of an upset baltimore um, has been one of the elite teams uh since lamar jackson has been there yeah yeah no that uh yeah that's it's, it's... What, what can I say? Just a great Monday night game against yeah. uh, two teams really getting after it. And then I'm just impressed by the fact that the Ravens have still been able to have a very good, effective offense with their running game being decimated as it is. Yeah, yeah, that was crazy, yeah. Uh, Canelo Alvarez's last fight, he earned $45 million fighting Billy Joe Saunders. Uh, yeah. He just turned down zone. Uh, $365 million was their offer for a multi-fight package deal for the uh, zone. So uh, $365 million wasn't even enough to get him back in the <laughs> ring. So I, I, I don't see Vitor's 40 being super enticing for him. No, no, no. And also, too, it's not like Canelo needs to fight anymore. No. Like, like, period. Like, he doesn't actually need to do that anymore. But he will. But I think he's obviously waiting for the right deal to come along that will enrich him even more. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, Raiders are, uh, yeah, 34-yard line. Uh, it's only a 10-minute uh, overtime period, uh, so they got to get going. But, uh, yeah, I think, uh, whoa, huge, huge play there. Hunter Renfro all the way down to the 39 yard line. So yeah, Raiders uh, look to be uh, starting the season off with a huge win uh, in front of their home crowd. Pretty good for them. Uh, okay. I want to close the cast off with some NBA news. Not a ton of news coming out of the NBA, except this weekend was the hall of fame inductions. Uh, about 20 people made it into the Hall of Fame this year in multi-categories, but uh, some of the biggest names were Paul Pierce, Chris Bosh, Ben Wallace, Chris Weber, Bill Russell as a coach, 
uh, Rick Adelman as a coach, um, a, a bunch of others, uh, and I can't go into every one of them, but uh, did you see some of the Hall of Fame speeches? Did you see the Hall of Fame induction at all? No, I missed that. I missed that, unfortunately. It was it was really, really, really great, as always. Um, Chris Bosch had a really fun story. Uh, when he was in Toronto and he was being wooed by Miami, they were trying to get him to come there to play with LeBron and, and, and uh, Dwayne Wade. Um, Pat Riley pulled out the big guns and he pulled out his championship rings and he said, here, Chris, I'm giving you this ring right now. And I expect it back when you and I win a championship together when you join the Heat. And uh, he said, uh, even though we won a couple championships, I never gave his ring back. I never <laughs> asked for it back. So I thought I'm going to get him to come up on stage and I'm going to give it to him now. And so he turned around, walked over, gave him the ring, gave him a hug and said, thank you so much for helping me get in the Hall of Fame and get a couple of these rings myself. And it was a cool, touching moment and, and really neat to see Pat there. Uh, uh, Pat was really good at recruiting and we, he was able to get Bosch there. I don't think Bosch is in the Hall of Fame if he doesn't go to Miami and win those titles. No, no, and I, I, I absolutely agree with you. But the mere fact that Pat Riley goes, well, I'm Pat Riley and I'll get the ring back at some point in time, <laughs> that he didn't care is amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. That is amazing. Yeah, I did, did not even have it. That's years ago. That's quite a few years ago that he won that first title. And, and Pat never even asked for it back. That's incredible. Yeah. Oh, where would that ring go again? I kind of forgot where I put that ring. <laughs> but, or is it because, like, I have so many of them that I sometimes I just lose some, you know? Like, I, <laughs> yeah. oh, well, hey, I can, know uh, hey, kids, can you come on and check the cook uh, the cushions on the couch over there? I think I might drop one of my rings down there. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Must be awesome. nice. That's awesome. Uh, the other um, the other speeches that uh, really were great were uh, Paul Pierce. Uh, he made a point of thanking the nine teams that passed over him in the NBA draft so he could go to Boston and become a legend with the Celtics. And uh, it was kind of cool. He listed off all the teams that went by <laughs> and let him go in the draft uh, and gave him the big middle finger and said, uh-huh, I'm in the Hall of Fame because he passed me by. <laughs> yeah, it, it's always nice. For like uh, for guys when they get into the Hall of Fame and they just go, yeah, I'm still pretty sore about that. I know I'm done playing, but I don't care. And there's my time to tell you all about it. Still bugs me. Still bugs me. Uh, well, the Raiders did win. They won in overtime. Uh, Edwards with a touchdown. Uh, I'm not sure if they're going to review it. Maybe they are. They're showing a pylon cam shot. Right now, there's been a big celebration, but a ruling on the field is a touchdown. We'll see uh, if it's uh, going to review or not. Uh, looks like everybody's kind of shaking hands, and I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, but um, the, uh, the other guy that I love seeing get in was Ben Wallace, four-time defensive player of the year, undersized center, just a guy with so much freaking heart. Uh, incredible that he was able to get himself into the Hall of Fame with, um, yeah, a body and a size that was way overmatched in many, many, many cases, but um, you couldn't beat his heart. Yeah, 
Absolutely. And I, I love the fact that a player like him, because he doesn't fit your traditional mold of a Hall of Famer, got into the Hall of Fame. Yeah. And I think that's, that's just fantastic and a lot of mad respect to what he brought to the game. Uh, Bill Russell was welcomed in with by Barack Obama, who had an amazing video tribute to him. Uh, and he's only the third person to be inducted by as both a player and a coach. And uh, his former teammate, Tommy Heinsohn, was one. And Lenny Wilkins, the other, who's, uh, you know, an, an incredible, incredible guy. Um, Rick Edelman, uh, former player and a coach for 23 years. He coached for five teams, Portland, Golden State, Sacramento, Houston, and Minnesota. He took Portland to the finals uh, twice in the 90s uh, against Detroit in 1990 and uh, against the Bulls in 92. Uh, and he had an absolutely phenomenal career. And uh, Chris Weber passed over eight different times. He was eligible eight years ago and passed over year after year after year. And he finally... Uh, Made the Hall of Fame, uh, super happy guy, and uh, a well-deserved one. One of the best players out there. Um, you know, just didn't uh, have the numbers because his career wasn't as long as others. But um, yeah, a great class. It was really fun to watch. Yeah, no, that was a great class of players that got in for this particular year, and uh, awesome to see. Especially yeah. Ben Wallace, like you said before, that he got in. Great to see. Yeah, really cool. Uh, they ruled it down by contact on the one-yard line. So the Raiders are second in goal. They just had a short run that was stopped. Second in goal, six and a half minutes left in overtime. Uh, yeah, why don't we just sign off when this game ends here with the Raiders' um, touchdown? Let's, let's watch it for a sec. Uh, all right. I thought, oh, okay. I thought I was going to be able to hear it. I can't hear it. Can you? Oh, you can't hear it? Mm -mm. Okay, let's see. That, that. Nope. No? Nope. That, that. It's, all, it's, all, it's almost in. Like it, it, it kind of fades in and then it's out again. Oh, okay. shoot. Okay. Okay, there now I can hear it. Now I can hear it. The stadium is beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah, it is. Can't wait to go down there and check it out. Yeah. Yeah, traveling again. That'll be nice. Oh, Raiders jumped. Oh no. Push him back. So, who do you predict? Waller, Jacobs, Carr? Who's going to get this touchdown? Uh, what, is it, what, is it, what is it right now? Third down? No, just second down. Second down? Uh, uh, quarterback sneak. Carr. Yeah, they just got pushed back five yards, so now it's uh, on the six-yard line. Oh, fun. Okay. Not David Carr now. Uh, Waller. Okay. Let's see. Let's see. And if they don't get it, you got your you got your eyes on it or no? No. Well, I have it paused, man. You paused so I, it. I was okay. Watching, yeah, I was gonna watch it. Oh, uh, incomplete. Third down. 
Hunter Renfro uh, went to the corner, Carr threw it to the inside. So they're going to go for the field goal? No, no, they're still – they got third third down here. So oh, they're going to still go for the touchdown to yeah. win it. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Oh my god, it's intercepted. <laughs> okay. All right. Wow. wow. So Baltimore's got a chance here to go down and score their own. Okay. All right. It was off the hands of a Raiders receiver. I didn't see who it was. Let me see who it was. Willie Sneed the third. Mm -hmm. Somehow he let it slip right through his hands and uh, intercepted. Intercepted. Ugh. Went off a. Uh, a Baltimore Ravens helmet went up in the air and intercepted in the end zone. It was right in his hands, and it went right through his right hands. hands off oh. his and we see Chucky a little bit mad. <laughs> Lamar Jackson celebrating. Yeah. Baltimore having fun. Oh, man. Oh, man. Uh, any word from your new show? Um. No, <laughs> no word. I, I know that uh, I think some of the guys have started. I think uh, I think it's this week or last week. It's this week or last week. But anyways, no word yet. Um, I'm pretty sure I know when I'm going to join, which will probably be at the end of this month, beginning of October. Cool. And uh, yeah, cool. I'm always the last one to join anyway. So it's all good. <laughs> things are going good on your show, though, right? Oh yeah, things are going great. Um, we finally went, got past our crazy month where we had literally had nine five tons running at a time. So now we've cut it back, and I think this week is supposed to be easy. Okay, I may have just jinxed it by saying that, but I, I guess I will find out. I will yeah. Find out. Well, good luck. I hope you have a great week. Uh, I get to swamp tomorrow too. So I'm looking forward to that. And uh, yeah, we're supposed to have a crazy, crazy, crazy week, but um, yeah, we'll see how it pans out. Uh, anyway, man, that was fun. That was a lot of uh, great conversation about the weekend in sports and uh, man, I'm so happy to uh, yeah watch the rest of this game. Uh, enjoy it from the place you paused it. And uh, yeah, I guess we'll uh, keep in touch through the week. Yeah, you betcha. We'll talk to you later. All right, man. Cheers. Bye for now. Bye for now. Okay. Another edition of Complete Sports Media's podcast coming to an end. Uh, let's just quickly uh, mention our partners and sponsors. Do we have it up here? Um, okay. Oh, weird. Um, I do not see it. So we're going to go with uh, anchor.fm. Uh, incredible. Uh, they call themselves the easiest place to make a podcast. Uh, just go to anchor.fm. You can do what Jason and I have just done here. Uh, Verbero, the hockey equipment uh, industry and apparel company. 
uh, one of the industry leaders and the V350 stick is a stick you must get in your hands if you're a player or you know of a player. Uh, Pampas and Possibility, designers of West Coast, pretty handmade curated things. And uh, Forever Living, the aloe vera company, health and beauty products uh, are made by them. Go to our website, completemedianetwork.com, complete sports media, and uh, lots of details. Oh, you got to check out our website. If you haven't checked out our website, please do so. Tons of great content coming there every day. Uh, thank you so much for everybody that contributed and extra special thanks to Lorraine for all her hard work to put things together. So have a really fantastic week, everybody. I uh, really look forward to talking to you soon and uh, hearing from you. Uh, love you. Take care of yourself. Bye for now.